Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hi. What up? <laughs> Harry's watching on delay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Harry's got Yay. that. Harry's got that music going on in the background yeah he does thank you cheers how's everyone doing cheers good doing good good. thank you nice so uh wanna if you're following along uh on the interwebs uh and you notice there's four people instead of three there are two bearded white guys instead of one uh you are not (laughs) seeing things uh i want to welcome in uh our super fan i think he's a fan of every single usl podcast (laughs) Yes. Uh, he is well known in the USL circles. If you don't know him, you probably haven't been paying attention. <laughs> you are uh, definitely casual. Uh, from San Antonio, Harry, welcome in. How hey, are thank you, you doing? Guys. Doing well. Thanks for the first cap. Finally, glad that uh, our teams get to face each other. What year two? At the end of year two in the playoffs. So. Right. Year, mm-hmm. I, I say like year one point five. Year one point five. And Andy made it on time. That's a, another miracle. Yeah, uh, Harry, are you partaking in the tradition of drinking uh, alcohol? What are we having? We're having a revolver, uh, blood and honey citrus. It's a blonde ale. Wow, that's not Maybe. what I would think it would come out to. Really? Yeah, blood and honey. I don't know. I am a Belgian guy, so fruit, you know, shock top, blue moon, that type of stuff. That seems to be a the beer of choice for me, and uh, this one's pretty good. So, okay. I'm citrus flavor. Like it. You might like this. This is a mango passion fruit. Oh. Actually, it's a hard seltzer. It has electrolytes and oh. vitamin C, and it's made by Sweetwater Brewing uh, oh. outside of Atlanta. So. Oh, I know about Sweetwater. That's a good brand. I've never had Sweetwater, so... Um, it's vegan and gluten-free, so oh, nice, nice, nice. Sounds nice. very Californian, for- right? <laughs> vegan and gluten-free. I know. I mean, aren't most beers vegan? I would yeah. assume. I would assume. assume. Yeah, yeah, not gluten-free. Not gluten-free. There's a few of those. Chris, uh, you have your uh, your co-host with you. Your, That's right. Uh, your cat. That's who- right. It's me. It's it's me and Charlie Tuna. Out here in New Mexico, just hanging out. He knows it's podcast hour. He saw the light come on, and uh, you know he heard your 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 awesome voice. So he was just like, "It's time to come back. It's showtime." That's right. We're on camera, look at him. He's like falling asleep. Oh, look at those nuzzle, getting that nuzzle in. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we are in. Are we officially? Are we in three different time zones or two different time zones? Three, three, different. three. three. Not. Oh. We're always in three. I know, but are we added a fourth or no, no Pacific? Uh, Harry, you're in Central, right? I'm Central. Are you Eastern yeah, or yeah, Central? Central? Yeah. I always Central. forget Tennessee. Like I always think it's Mountain further here, further east than it is. It gets me every time. Yeah. Well, well some the part state is. Has both. Yeah, oh. Knoxville is in Eastern. So. Oh, Tennessee. Really weird. Isn't it weird how like the state has two time zones? It's crazy. So weird. So does mm. Texas. I'm surprised yeah, Texas right. doesn't have like six time zones by now, actually. 
You can drive across Texas and still be in Texas. I feel like it's like a, it's like, <laughs> it's a day drive. state. Yeah, it's a state just that just keeps going. It's a, yeah. half, a half an hour time zone. Unless you place. do the panhandle. If you do the panhandle, it's not as bad. Yeah, but marked by half an hour increments. I think El Paso makes it worse. It's that little thing on the end, right? Like no one really wanted El Paso. It just got stuck on the end of Texas. <laughs> and that's where the mountain time zone is, is in El Paso. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, Shade. Lordy, Lordy. Shade. Oh. Um, I enjoyed my time in El Paso when I visited a few times. Um, it was fine. You're it was fine. came and went, right? I just visited my grandpa. Literally. Yeah. Literally Sorry. came and went. I can say it's not on my top fifteen towns of of uh, Texas to visit. So uh, mm. I'm glad you had a good time. Oh, I was mostly just because family, you know, they make everything a little bit better. Uh, El Paso. All right, uh, we're gonna hit really quick uh, the game that uh, was last week. Ended up being kind of inconsequential because uh, Orange County decided to like score in stoppage time again. Uh, to win, I think it was a five in a row, uh, and essentially uh, make uh, solidify San Diego in third place, even with uh, that draw. Even if they sorry, even if they did win against Sacramento, um, this was another typical loyal game where they play really well, uh, and they have multiple opportunities, and you think that they're going to win, and then they don't. Um, are you describing San Antonio? Right. <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of those similarities, right? I mean, it's one of those games. Where it's like I mean the same thing against New Mexico. Uh, you can probably say the same thing about Oakland. Um, you know, you 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 probably should have gotten three points out of this, mm-hmm. um, and you end up dropping two. Right. You had a chance essentially. Uh, you had a chance to lock up second place three games ago, and you don't. <laughs> um, I also do want to say, you know, congratulations to Cameron Owasa. Mm. Um, as a neutral, mm. I would say, like, that was a pretty exciting way for him to end his career, to score in front of his home fans on his last game. It was very emotional. Um, again, I just didn't want it to happen against San Diego. And maybe San Diego should have been up, like, two or three by that point and it would have been a consolation and it would have been great for him and then he would have walked out with three points and put some pressure on Oakland or on Orange County but it came to not um Marissa any thoughts about the Sacramento game no um actually wasn't able to watch it because um it was late on a Saturday evening uh Halloween Mm. weekend so I was not by my uh computer or my TV but um, you know, seeing the updates and the and the, uh, I think we talked about it last week. Um, for them to do this going into the playoffs, I'm kind of nervous about it because I don't want, um, you know, like you said, they had plenty of chances to solidify a home plate playoff match, um, but maybe um, because they <clears throat> didn't. Um, close it up and actually secure that um maybe people will think and i don't know harry maybe you can uh, talk to this at some point um if that will factor into how they're viewed as a playoff team no 
Okay. Um, but we have know, the same issue. Not a good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a good feeling. I mean, it's cool that San Antonio has the same problems, but you definitely want to have a little bit more confidence, I think, as a player um, to go into playoffs like this, your first playoff match, you're on the road. Um, so just how that happened, I think, you know, if you're saying that they should have scored at least three, then why didn't they? And it was kind of like what happened the last couple matches where they needed a win and they couldn't even do that. So we'll see, I guess. That's always yeah. my thing. You know, we'll see. I don't have any expectations for the match, but that's not a way I think you want to close out your regular season. No, it's one of San Diego has one of the worst forms of the playoff teams heading into the playoffs. Uh, I think Colorado is another shout for that as well, as far as just kind of limping into the playoffs. Colorado's another team that everyone thought was going to be in second place. And then, you know, San Antonio uh, came along and played better than <laughs> better than Colorado and ended up taking that second place away from them in the final game of the season. So a lot of parallels between the two teams, uh, maybe one heading in a slightly better direction than the other. Uh, Chris, any... Uh, any reactions from that Sacramento game? Uh, I mean, honestly, like Sacramento just played um, San Diego, San Diego the way kind of New Mexico did, as far as the fact that they were able to limit what San Diego does so well. I mean, San Diego did get like the possession time that sixty percent, but I mean, they limited them to like like eleven shots, right, with like three on. So I mean, that right there is not like an average san diego game um so they were able to to kind of minimize where they're strong and then able to you know kind of hold them off long enough to get that score you know really just makes me think about about what landon said after that oc game to be able to go into oc and play the way they did and like not turn around with the result made him happy to do that away from home but not at home obviously and i just think that again like Sacramento just figured out a way to minimize what they do, catch the team while they were not informed the last matches before. Yeah, in comparison, uh, we played uh, Sacramento on the 9th of October, so the beginning of the month. Uh, San Diego had 65% possession, 17 total shots, six on target, and they ended up winning two to one. That was a, a pretty crazy home match, uh, the comeback game. Uh, the, I think you know the difference is essentially just those shots on target. Um, and I think that's what we, we've been talking about all season. It's when things aren't on target, uh, they don't score. And when they don't score, uh, it's, you know, teams are, especially in the playoffs, if you let teams hang around, they're going to have a chance to beat you. Um, and we've seen this with some upsets. We've seen this with some almost upsets where teams that probably should walk away with the victory are um, not because they just don't put the ball in the back of the net. They go to like PKs, and at that point, you know, it's it's essentially a coin flip, and it doesn't matter if you're the better team or not. Uh, on the course of the day, uh, you are up to uh, can your guys hit the net, and maybe hopefully your guy, your goalie gets a, a key save, and you win five four uh, or eight nine. Uh, we've seen some of those. Uh, I think eleven ten uh, or something like that. Um, so we don't want to spend too much time on it uh, because that season is now over. Uh, it is a new season, as they as they say. Everyone is zero zero. 
Um, and just kind of want to run down the Western Conference. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll start uh, at the top with El Paso and Oakland. Uh, they were playing that one on Friday as well at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, um, 6.30 Pacific, I believe. Uh, in El Paso, yes. uh, El Paso's lost once at home, but apparently it wasn't in their like normal home stadium or something. There's always like, I think they're caveating it now. Uh, but El Paso versus Oakland. Um, we'll no, just they go finished around. undefeated yeah. at home. Yes. They've won like 24, 25, something, something straight in a row. So, yeah, they're insane. Uh, El Paso has made it to every single Western division or Western conference finals in their existence. Uh, so they're obviously going to be heavily favored. We'll just go around. Uh, does Oakland, can Oakland pull an upset here? Or do we think this is a uh, El Paso locomotive game that uh, they're going to win? Uh, we'll start with Marissa. Let's go around the horn. I'm going to go with Oakland. Ooh, they're they're upset. Yeah. Interesting. They are they are a pretty uh big and feisty team. Um Harry, what do you got? Oh, El Paso is the lock of the of the West as far as getting past this round. Yeah, if uh <laughs> I know USL Pony is doing a uh a pick uh, a keeper league, I think, where you pick one team and then you can't pick them again. Um El Paso um is one of those teams that I think people might pick early, knowing that they might be out a little bit later. Uh, but uh, they're a pretty solid pick. Chris, what do you got? Uh, I, got El Paso. I got El Paso. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough one for Oakland to travel on the road to El Paso and pick up a win against El Paso. Um, I think the only way Oakland wins is if they uh, force a draw and get to extra time and then penalty kicks. Um, I think El Paso is a better team, especially at Home, the second matchup on Saturday at 7 p.m. local time, 10 p.m. Eastern. You have Orange County hosting the Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Uh, this is Pacific 2 versus Mountain 3. We're going to go backwards. Chris, who you got in this matchup? Switchbacks. Ooh, Harry? I have Switchbacks as well because OC's won the preseason game and I believe the regular season game in the new Widener Field. And I do believe Colorado Springs and Haji Berry will get a two-goal win over OC. Who even called it? Uh, Marissa? Mm. I don't know enough about Colorado to choose them. So <laughs> I'm going to go for County. All right. All right. Oh, um, I think earlier in the I'm season. I'm contrarian, Chris. I think early in the season, I probably would have picked Colorado Springs. Uh, I just think the form OC is in right now uh, makes it a, them a little bit better. Uh, Colorado Springs has been kind of scuffling like San Diego into the playoffs. Uh, let's see if I can pull up their recent their recent shenanigans. Um, Colorado Springs, where are they? There they are. Uh, draw, loss, win, draw, loss. Um, obviously, the most recent loss is to San Antonio. Um, they drew Real Monarchs, which isn't great, although we San Diego lost to them. Uh, they did beat RGV. Um, they lost to El Paso, and they drew against Real Monarchs again. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say Orange County, but I think this one's going to be close. Uh, Orange County, I think it's going to be a one-goal game. It's going to be, you know, a 2-1, a, two -one, uh, a one, even a 1-0. Harry, you look like you want to hop in. 
I think it's going to be the highest scoring game of the first round I, I, between both teams. I wouldn't be shocked mm-hmm. to have like a five, three, four, you know, four, three type of uh, type of match. Interesting. Interesting. So we'll see. One of us is going to be wrong, and it's probably me. Uh, we're going to skip over the next matchup because we're going to talk about that in depth and detail. Uh, the last matchup in the West is also on Friday at 1030 Eastern time, so 730 Pacific. And that is Phoenix versus RGV Toros. Uh, Marissa, who you got in this one? I'm going to go with uh, Chandler Rising on this one. Um, yeah, I I just, the first round, I'm going to go with them. We'll see. We'll see their form and, and see how they come out. And hopefully um, there's an upset, but I think I'm going to go uh, with Chandler. Harry? Phoenix. RGV is on good form. Rising probably has the deepest roster. Rick Shant's already making excuses. Um, I'm torn. I think Rising wins, but in the last game here, if San Antonio wins and if RGV wins, that means we would host RGV for that second match, and we've never played RGV in a playoff game, so that'd be kind of cool. But um, unfortunately, I, I think I think uh, I'm going to go extra time. Rising gets another uh, controversial goal. Ooh, <laughs> uh, Chris, what do you got? Um, honestly, I think I got RGV on this one. Um, form has been good and I mean, they just convincingly, I mean, they convincingly beat New Mexico. I mean, when they played El Paso, who to me put in kind of a, I think a decent lineup, I think Phoenix and El Paso's lineup, even like the recent one are equivalent. And, uh, I gotta say, I think that RGV can put like a, uh, a three-one on Phoenix. Interesting. So, just a little bit of history here. Last year, it took extra time for Phoenix to beat Sacramento one-nil in the opening round. The year before, Austin Bold took Phoenix to penalty kicks, uh, where they uh, survived. I think it was uh, seven to eight or eight to nine, something like that. Let me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so historically, uh, seven to eight. Uh, Phoenix has not come out of the gate well in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, so RGV could sneak one by here, uh, but I I just think that Phoenix has a little bit too much for RGV, but I like uh, Harry's extra time, maybe even penalty kicks for Phoenix to get by them. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Phoenix can put that first round ghost to bed with going to extra time. Uh, and or PKs. Um, I think this one is the one that I would think has the most likely to be the, the biggest upset of the first round, uh, especially out West. Um, I still think Phoenix gets it done. Um, if they don't, then their USL Twitter is going to explode. Um, what's up, Harry? No, I was going to say for Phoenix, we everybody says that they're a great team, and they are a great team. But when it comes to playoffs... A lot of people don't 
realize this as they went to extra time against Sacramento and advanced on a punch. They beat Reno in PKs. They beat El Paso in PKs. So technically, because we, we all know that in the playoffs, the defense becomes the big focus. It's a lot harder to score. It's more, you know a lot more pressure. And, you know, it'll be interesting because Solo usually slows down, you know, this time of year. Maybe with all the player rotation, this is the year maybe he gets hot. But, you know, for as much as Rising thinks that they're just a different class, last year they were three coin flips from not advancing as far as they did. Yeah, you. Can, I mean, if you want to get technical, uh, advancing on penalty kicks are technically not wins. Uh, so I the past two, <laughs> yeah, the past two seasons they've won. They've officially won one playoff match uh, against Sacramento, uh, and the other three games that they advanced on were all PKs. So there is that history there. There is kind of that cloud hanging over them. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they can put it to bed. Uh, just really briefly, Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay is taking on Tulsa. Uh, that is Saturday at 7.30 Eastern. Uh, Birmingham versus Pittsburgh, which I think is probably, for me, the most interesting matchup in the East. Uh, just as much as just far as, like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Interesting matchup. Uh, that's at 5 o'clock on Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Uh, the surprise out of the East is uh, Charlotte Independence taking on Memphis 901. That is Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, so 4 p.m. Pacific. And then Lou City, Miami, which I think is another another interesting matchup as well. That one should be fun. And that is at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, any of those pique our interests? Um, Louisville, just Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> Chris, any of those uh, stand out to you as not maybe must watches, but maybe like I'm definitely going to check this one out the what is it is it the who's pittsburgh playing pittsburgh is playing birmingham in birmingham interested in that one and then of course Louisville FC. well tulsa's been doing good too so i mean i'm interested in the tulsa tampa bay rowdies match nice harry any of those seem interesting or so Chris just kind of stole my thunder. Tulsa is one of those teams you just don't know what you're going to get. They could get steamrolled uh, down in Alang, or they could pull the upset. That It just depends which Tulsa team shows up. And to me, you mentioned surprise. I think Memphis finishing third uh, ahead of Miami, or pardon me, ahead of uh, Tulsa, because I, I think most people going in thought that uh, area code FC Memphis uh, was going to be down there with Loudon, and yet yeah. uh, they put it yeah. together. Kyle Murphy, uh, and sung hero for them. So I'm kind of interested in that that Charlotte Memphis match. Um, mm -hmm. I know it doesn't have the star power that Pittsburgh and Birmingham does. Yeah. Um, but I think those would be two teams going in at the beginning of the season. You'd be like, what? You know, Charlotte finishing second and Memphis even making the playoffs. You'd been like, no way. Yeah, I, I I think I went back and looked at like my top ten preseason. And it was like, I miss obviously miss Charlotte. Uh, I don't think anyone had picked them, and I picked uh, Charleston Battery of, as in the top ten. They were clearly not a top ten team, but I did all right. But yeah, that Charlotte Independence one was quite a uh, quite a surprise. 
uh, especially with all the drama that's been happening around Charlotte lately uh, with their owner and all of that shenanigans. But I know that they're getting some some help from the some loanies from the new MLS team. So I think that's helped them out a lot. Uh, and then obviously San Diego fans know Irvin Para, uh, and he is doing pretty well for Charlotte as well. So if you there's quite a few San Diego alum playing in the playoffs, and that is one game uh, he, that is happening. Um, I guess. And then uh, is anyone else worried that Tampa Bay has home field guaranteed throughout the playoffs again? Um, with are we are we going to get another COVID cancellation for the final? Just to like. If Phoenix makes it, they just troll troll him and cancel final again. No? All right. No. So let's get into the matchup that everyone here actually cares about the most. And that is on Friday evening uh, at 6 p.m. our time, 9 p.m. Eastern, but 8 p.m. local. Uh, San Antonio will host San Diego for the first time. Uh, these two teams meet, which should be very fun. Uh, and this is why we have Harry on. Um, so let's get some background on some San Antonio. Um, we've already alluded to this, that San, San Antonio and San Diego have had a pretty similar year of some ups and downs. Um, how is their form as they head into the playoffs? So San Antonio's forms probably still a little bit, uh, hit and miss their last five. They've won two, drawn two and lost, uh, and a 17-card uh, thriller uh, at uh, Chris's other team, New Mexico United. But other than that, they've been on decent form. Um... <laughs> Chris's other team. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for San Antonio, they, they set back. They're a counter team, but they press. Um, I think the big thing for San Antonio is they're finally healthy. So, you know, I think for coach Marcina, he's, he's going to have whoever that he wants to be able to play, uh, you know, for the here with, uh, Patino back on top. He started the last game, uh, Nathan, you know, uh, dropping back from, you know, from the top, um, I just, I just think for San Antonio, it comes down, and this is going to be true for from San Diego. Looking at it here, if they can put shots on target, they're most, they're more than likely going to, going to get some goals and win. Um, I think what separates San Antonio and San Diego is is the back line of San Antonio. Um, you know, we're healthy. We've got three quality center backs with Tainter. Uh, Kamiri and Ford, uh, who was, who's a late loanee from uh, the Colorado Rapids, uh, who's got a great story, uh, Courtney Ford. Um, he's been a huge difference. He's a center back that's got four goals already, um, you know, you know, for us in a short period of time. They're, what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, athletic, fast, young. Um, and since, you know, since we've, you know, brought Tanner back in on loan from Sacramento, and brought Ford in. The back line's been um, been tough to beat. You know, uh, early in the year, San Antonio would give up a goal, um, and even still, you probably probably would. But outside of the New Mexico matches, you know, and especially at home, they, you know, if you get a goal, it's typically it. Uh, very rarely do they give up two at home. 
but the issue is can San Antonio convert their chances? And we've had some great chances, kind of like what you guys had in the first half against Sacramento. And magically the ball, you know, you know, ends up over the, over the goal, <laughs> not even on frame. So uh, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to this matchup. Uh, I know uh, SAFC is wanting to have a blackout. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that goes uh, for that here. So, it should be for me. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, for San Antonio, it'd be kind of cool to have Landon Donovan uh, come here. You know, just you know, it'll be the first time that he's uh, he's here. Which you know, obviously, you know, you get he's your home coach. But for us, that's kind of a pretty cool deal to have. You know, U.S. Men's National Team. You know, MLS legend. Uh, <laughs> you know, come on the sideline. I think the only other one where I kind of geeked out was um, Eric Ronaldo. You know, when he was on on the uh, line for the lights back a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think uh, looking at some of the statistics for the season are super interesting. Uh, both teams average 1.6 goals per game. Uh, San Antonio has uh, concedes 1.2 goals per game. San Diego concedes 1.3 goals per game. Uh, San Diego maybe scores a few more goals outside of the box. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, and San, San Antonio probably prefers it a little bit more inside the box. Uh, but as far as kind of the offense and defensive output, it's, I mean, they're, they're eerily similar to each other. Uh, obviously the style of play is going to be a little bit different, right? San, San, San Diego likes to be in possession. Um, it seems like San Antonio doesn't as much. Their overall nope. ball possession is 45.2. Um, you know, they got some, some good wing players and I think that's, what's going to be that interesting matchup. I think John Morrissey from USL tactics, Put out a thing today that was like, here's where it's going to be. It's going to be wing back or the wing back position, kind of left right back for San Diego versus the wingers of San Antonio. Uh, we've seen how teams can have taken advantage, mostly uh, like the early Phoenix match. Um, so this is going to be a really fun matchup, I think. Um, I, I think it's just two evenly matched teams, and they're going to both be doing what they like to do, which is always fun. Uh, uh, it's not always fun. I shouldn't say it's always fun. It's not always fun because one of the teams is going to lose and you're going to be like, we played our game and we, we did what we could and we lost like against Orange County uh, a couple weeks ago. And I think that's what I'm a little bit uh, worried about. Um, Chris, questions? Hmm. Let's see here. Well, I guess my first question is going to be, uh, Harry, do you think that we're going to see some of that award-winning WWE-styled uh, flopping from the San Antonio backline in this match? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. We're not playing Phoenix. We're not playing New Mexico. You know, that's. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I do know, and this is something that I've kind of picked up a trend on. The Mountain Division, if you look his, you know, look at the stats, they play a lot more physical of a match. You know, like San Antonio, uh, and I don't know how they did this, they ended the year with 100 yellow cards mm. right on the dot. Seven red cards. San Diego, on the other hand, 71 yellow cards, two red cards. And I think if you look at the, the listing of yellow cards, you'll see the Pacific kind of um, near the bottom as far as yellow cards given, and most of the Mountain teams um you know at, at the top so i'm kind of interested to see 
which one kind of wins out, you know, you know, and you know, it's, you know, the referees and, and we've talked to, you know, referees all, uh, you know, positive and negative here, but if they allow, um, San Antonio to body up, we'll say, uh, be a little bit more physical. Um, then it seems like what they play, uh, out West, it'll be kind of interesting to see if that gets uh, a little frustrations, uh, built up because I know, uh, when San Antonio played Sacramento, uh, Sacramento got a few yellows in the first half, which, you know, they, uh, um, wasn't normally their, uh, their, uh, record uh, but you know you could tell just that pressure because and you know this chris uh you know from from seeing new mexico and in san antonio and uh you know is is san antonio pressures you know from you know from the back all the way up and you know outside of a half in in el paso where they decided to stop pressing um they you know it's it's but they force the issue, but we'll just leave it at that and make the and the ref, have the ref make the call, and we'll see if they adjust. So let's let's actually shape that up a little bit. Sorry, Marissa. Let's let's okay. shape let's shape up that analysis real quick. So let's let's say it like this. So San Diego may or has has been known to certainly come out and be defensive to start a match, especially when they play a team that kind of specializes in that right um so with san antonio being a very physical team um what like what do you what what do you think likely would happen if san diego comes out and you know tends to play more of that sort of game where they come out looking to press really kind of you know get themselves in the defending half of San Antonio and, and tries to kind of play that sort of game. Do you think that that's likely to be advantageous for San Diego to make San Diego or to make San Antonio kind of make bad decisions? Or do you think that they've kind of played against teams that do that long enough for them to figure out how to outstand it? Is that to Alan? Not to you. Um, I think if San Diego is changing their methods from the start, that's a win for San Antonio. What you know, because you're playing into San Antonio's hands if if you're changing things. Now, if you're making San Antonio chase and chase and chase, then then we'll see. But to me, it also depends on what the health is of of San Diego and you know Yarrow back. Uh, you know, I, I saw Montgomery was back. Um, I think that's kind of an advantage where you guys have, you have two players that have played in at Toyota field that can kind of, you know, tell the locker room what to kind of expect. Um, but to me, you, you got to go with what brought you here and, you know, San Diego, you know, could have been, could have, you know, could have been the second seed. We could have been the, the third seed. I think, you know, the, the two, three of the mountain, two, three of the Pacific, you know, you can flip a coin, you know, it's, it, they're both very close. They both have a lot of the same characteristics. Um, and yet they all play a little bit different, uh, you know, a, as well. So it's kind of interesting, but to me, I would love if San, if San Diego came out and changed their tactics, because that, that tells me that they don't think that their tactics can win against uh, San Antonio. 
What do you say, Adam? Uh, I, I, I agree. Marissa, what's up? <laughs> I, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that um, it'd be interesting for uh, San Antonio to uh, go, like they're going to do a blackout, meaning like they're all going to wear like black jerseys. Is that what they're calling for? The Just fans and sure. the stands, because yeah. San Antonio's, number one, their black jerseys, you know, the red and black checkerboard. Normally, you'll see a lot of red, um, you know, a lot of white, um, but they're trying to go for, you know, for a blackout as far as, you know, having everybody come in. Their playoff mm -hmm. shirts are black um, along those lines. So, Okay. So, um, from what we know, um, San Antonio plays pretty much the same on the home on, um, at home and away, um, what is, can you kind of uh, describe how like the home stadium like play is? Like, is it the same from like a tactical standpoint or do you think that um, they'll play? I mean, you mentioned that you want um, San Diego to change it up, but what do you, what are your expectations from the club uh, and how they play at home for this match? Um it's, for better or worse, San Antonio doesn't change. Uh, they press. It's been something since Marcina was here with the Scorpions, um, you know, back in the NASL years. You know, you know, he's he's like that, you know, an ankle biter basically, where he just gnaws and gnaws and gnaws and and um puts a lot of pressure on the teams and it's home or away. And that's you know, for you know for better or worse and and you see a lot of frustration sometimes even with the the home fans as far as some of the fouls and, and just how how they how they go up to that line and and maybe kind of straddle that line on occasion um and i don't expect that to change and, and i think that's why you see kind of a very even uh home uh you know home record versus away record is you know they play a lot of 1021 matches you know where where you know you know there's probably three or four of these ties that they had at home that should have been wins but you know they they didn't put the ball on frame and I know that's San Diego's story as well you know is is there's been opportunities and you know Jonathan Check who writes for you know for the striker Texas you know, we were joking with them that, you know, basically, you know, on every loss, it's it's not that San Antonio is necessarily outplayed or, you know, that the tactics were bad is, you know, they, they couldn't finish their chances. And, you know, I think, you know, you know, with following you guys and, and following, you know, some of the other, you know, San Diego podcasts, it's, it's that that same story for for each team. It's. Tactics, like I said, I think everybody knows knows what they want to do. I don't foresee them making changes. Um, two balls in my well, we are a what, five time uh, NBA championship team, so <laughs> we San Diego used to have a basketball team. That's our claim to fame. And a football um, team. Yep. Um, hey, uh, Harry. Thanks. Hey, two balls. Two balls brought it up. You know, um, they opened the door. <laughs> first of all, there's other San Diego podcasts. I'm unaware of them. Um, and also, uh, <laughs> how does the pitch play in San Antonio? I know that in the past, 
The it's sandbox. Been, it's yeah, it's been a little bit interesting. How how does the the pitch look this year? This year it's great. It's you know the I think it helped with the late start. Um, last week you know it was you know it was like in the spring you know like in the spring the the pitch isn't going to be an issue. Um, you know you know I was, we were just out there last Saturday and and it was you know it's. Chris has been there. Uh, Toyota Field's a good stadium, you know, as far as for the fans, you know, for the traveling loyal members or loyal, um, uh, was it uh, forever? What's the supporters group? Chavos uh, de Loyal and uh, the locals and Rainbow Loyal. Yeah. So if any of them come out uh, pregame, there is a tailgate right at the stadium, you know, under an underpass, you know, the Procteers um, host it, free beer, there's food. Um, you know, you know, come out and welcome. You know, Chris can tell you that you know it's very friendly and open. They actually uh, tailgate at their stadium. At the stadium. <laughs> so hey, we, we're. I mean, come on, it's our first year. There's there's that some tailgating. Even, that it's wasn't not there's official. an actual stadium. That wasn't tailgate. even a, a shot to the the loyal community. That was just a shot to folks who like to. We like to gatekeep. Oh. Wow, Andy. Uh, Andy, stop. I'm going to block you from leaving. From watching. Um, <laughs> I believe the goal, the goals still exist right now uh, in San Diego. Um, they moved in Orange County, I think. Um, but this is not a goals podcast. They have their own. But wait, um, I have a question. So, Harry, what yeah. do people get when they sit in the white chairs at your stadium? Um, I don't know what. I don't know. I'm just asking because you guys got those. You got that color palette. Checkerboards. <laughs> it's it's just interesting to me. There's like a ton of red seats, and then there's like a couple black ones, and then there's like a white one. And I'm like, man, I always wondered like what happened if you sat in one of those colored seats. Like, well, you, got, you like, know a why? Pop or something. It's because those seats. Because you got to remember, the stadium was built for the Scorpions, and their color palette was red, black, and yellow. Now they. There's very few yellows, but the red, black, yellow, and, and, and they had white in there. So a lot of the seats that they have came from, um, you know, from the Scorpion years and, and, you know, that they moved around along Marissa, those lines. Marissa, pull that up on the screen. What? Scanning, scanning. It's like Which white? one? Uh, yeah. I, I, well, I was I have... like, what, what was he trying to ask there? Right? I'm, I'm like, like um... <laughs> This might be we might be uh, going down a different road on this podcast with that kind of conversation. Um, I do think um, I've always enjoyed watching the San Antonio game on on TV. So those the folks who are doing the watch party from Liberty Station on Friday, I think, are going to have a, a pretty good experience. You're not going to get the the blinding light of Las Vegas where you can't see half the pitch. Uh, you're not going to get um, some weird camera angle thing. Um, I have enjoyed watching San Antonio. I always try to find Harry in the crowd. Um, I never do because it's usually on my computer he and the people the look like ants. Yeah, so North Goal and anything, 114. There you go. So you can keep an eye Roll out one. there. Um, yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed watching San Antonio. Uh, so I am, I am really looking forward to this. I was actually kind of hoping that this would be the matchup. Because I do think it's two teams that are going to match up really well. Should be a pretty a, a nail biter game. It's going to be entertaining for especially for San Antonio and San Diego fans. I'm not sure for the neutral this will be like the most entertaining. Oh, uh, I think it will. But uh, uh, it's going to be a nail biter, I think, uh, and it's going to be two teams that are going to look to uh, play their game. But it's you know these don't mess with Texas. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and oh, I've just got thrown off. Don't mess with Texas, Harry. Um, but I think you know if if San Diego wants to say, hey, we're establishing ourselves as a perennial playoff uh, team that wants to start moving up into that upper echelon of USL San Antonio is a great matchup. Uh, they're, you know, mm -hmm. consistently consistent, uh, with whatever that means. Um, nice. <laughs> I mean, they're I San Antonio is, is, is San Antonio is not the, we're Phoenix. We think we're better than everyone else. Uh, they're not the new Mexico. We're the new kids on the block. Um, they're a really solid franchise that is consistently that consistently performs well. Uh, so I think this is a good benchmark for San Diego as well uh, to kind of play against a team that, you know, is, you know, I, not, I like San Antonio. I think that they're pretty good. Uh, well, not to mention, not to mention though, like I feel like this sort of match is going to seem like it could seem like when, a um Liga MX team comes to like America and plays like you know like when they play those exhibitions like how that was going on a lot of last year like I think it's gonna it has that kind of feel because like there's so many folks that like love soccer in San Antonio yeah. you know what I mean so like when you have a team like San Diego come in especially if like a good amount of the fans were to travel like I, I think it has that vibe like if you get i think if you get some of the locals and chavos and they're there in san antonio and they got that non-stop drum action happening like it's gonna have that sort of environment i guess is what i'm going for you know what i mean just straight up um let's see i think i had one more question for you oh uh what is it going to take for san antonio to win the match Kind of what are what are the, what are those strengths that they're playing into? What do you think needs to happen in order for San, San Antonio to pull out a win? This goes for both teams. Put it on frame and be able to finish. It's it's this game is that simple. It, it, <laughs> it, if if San you know because San Antonio creates chances, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. loyal creates chances. It's it's not an issue about creating chances. It's an issue of being able to put the ball on frame, and it's an issue you know like I said here. Does the defense make a mistake? And, and and that's that's to me it's and I know we I think both of us have been saying that or all of us have been saying that it's really that simple for this match is is which team can put it on frame because if you go through you know they can have it I give San I give San Antonio the advantage over it obviously because they're at home um, looking at the Loyals road record. Um, not as good. Um, and I, that was going to be my question back to you guys is what's the difference between playing at home and what's the difference between playing on the road? Um, you, you know, for that here, but to me, it's, 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 a, it's as simple as, is can San Antonio get on the board? And I think for San Antonio, they have to get on the board in the first half. Um, you know, and Chris knows this from, you know, from last year's playoff, um, all it takes is one chance. And, you know, I think San Antonio and New Mexico played, you know, the first round last year, very similar as far as two, two equal teams and just one extra hand. 
Well, it depends on on uh, which state that you live in, on whether it was a handball or not. <laughs> so, but it's it just to me, like I said here, for for San Antonio, unlike unlike Loyal, they've got expectations, and, and and I'm not saying you guys don't have expectations, but they're San Antonio needs to get this win because um, they've lost they've lost last one they've underachieved you know let, let's be honest they've under underachieved for the talent that they've had pretty much for every year with the exception of 2019 or you know no 2017 um and even that was a loss in, you know at home in pks to oklahoma city where when they should have won so uh f- you know i think there's more pressure on san antonio because they're playing at home with the result from last year um, it's something that they haven't forgot about, which could be a great, uh, great, great driving force behind it. And we don't need the manufactured. Uh, nobody likes us like a certain team in between us uh, for that here. Well, I mean, is it humid right now? No, that's hmm. well, I don't see it as being humid. It's it's what, what was 80 something today, you know, lows in the 50s, you know, we got San Diego weather right now. You know, we can have the windows open and you know air conditioning off. Nice. Well, well, we appreciate I, you doing that for us. We judge the temperature of San Antonio by how fast the ice melts in the sweet tea. It, it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I've been to his house. I know. Ice melts fast. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, San Diego only gets one goal. I don't think they win this match. Um, Yeah, I I think yeah, if San Diego gets, I think San Diego needs to score at least two to get a victory. Oh, okay, I see. I think, like I said, San Diego. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think if I can see, I can see a, a. San Antonio getting a goal early and then forcing Loyal to break them down and then just waiting for a counter. Uh, kind of like that Orange County match we saw in Orange County. What about the um, New Mexico-San Antonio match, though? Like, you know? I, I think New Mexico-San Antonio might just hit a little bit differently than mm. a, a San Diego. Um, San Diego doesn't have a wee hand, do they? We do not. They have here. a Guido. Okay, we're safe, and they, have a, <laughs> they have a Guido and an Augie Williams. No, they, they um, think it's a good play. Well, we and Emotionani. Yeah, I, th- I think if one of the two teams hit two goals, I think they're. I think that's what's going to take. Um, I think that in order to win, I think San Diego just needs to make it feel like a home game, like on the pitch, not necessarily off the pitch, but on the pitch, um, just to can, mm-hmm. kind of take control and maintain control. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think if one of the two teams hits two, I think that's going to get it done. Um, and it is scary. Like San Diego wants to hold the ball and try to break that stuff down, but that plays straight into, you know, San Antonio's wheelhouse. Uh, now, if San Diego does have some practice with that against uh, like Orange County, uh, but it didn't go very well the last time they played. Um, and not necessarily didn't go well as far as the play on the pitch, it just didn't go well because they didn't score any goals. Uh, and they gave up a, an amazing free kick. That was kind of the difference. Same thing in New Mexico or or even Sacramento. It's just like that one play where they switch off or someone isn't tracking correctly and someone gets free, and that's all it's going to take, uh, I think, it's for San Antonio. Take a couple of flops from San Antonio. Dude, I mean, it was horrible. That's horrible. I'm sorry, man. I, mean, I watched San Antonio up close, and I have never 
seen anyone just hit the ball of anyone's elbow and just fall down real quick. And it's you just... watch Rising. Don't right, I was about to say, Chris, <laughs> Chris clearly hasn't been watching Phoenix Rising matches. Um, and I mean, San Diego's been accused of doing that as well. I think there is gamesmanship that you just have to expect, especially in the playoffs. You, you uh, one game and you're done. People are going to try and get in the ear of the ref. They're going to try and gain every single advantage you possibly can. These are um, these are exper- two experienced teams uh, with some with some some veterans on there that kind of know how to uh, influence a ref, know how to draw a foul. Uh, Charlie Adams is great at this. Uh, the get in between the ball and the, mm. the, the opposing player, and then let them run into you to get a foul. Um, I think if it's I think if you focus on the refs, you're going to get frustrated. It, refs are going to make the ref is going to make a bad call. I promise you, there's going to be a bad call. Uh, it's going to hurt one of the two teams. Not in um, USL, man. Never more than the other. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I just not hope in the it's USL. the ref that gives out um, like twelve yellow cards in the first half. That's all. Yeah, I, I I think it's there's going to be some tomfoolery and some uh, shit housing that's uh, going to happen. Uh, this is playoff. This is playoff soccer. Uh, games are not seven nil uh, unless you are in the Eastern Conference last year. Uh, but this is going to be it's going to be fun. Uh, so let's get into some predictions. Ooh, um, ooh. Uh, we're going to let Harry go first since he's our guest and he's going to pick San Antonio. Uh, we know it. We know so, it. So so yes. uh, Harry, go ahead. Let's rip that band aid off. Three one. Woo! Ooh. I just don't. I don't think your guys' defense is healthy, number one, from from my understanding. And number two, San Antonio has to have this game. They they've gotta have this game. So they're they're gonna they're gonna be pushing. Uh they're gonna be pushing. It's gonna be physical. I will throw this caveat out there. It'll be interesting if OC scores for or pardon me, not OC, uh, um, if uh, San Diego scores first. Ding and Andy, I read your read your tweet or your message there um, that'd be pretty amazing if orange county scored first we're <laughs> like all right i mean who's cool that kind of become and he's like Sport. i'm ready stranger <laughs> so, but, things uh, have happened uh, but no I, I i just i i think it'll be three one i i i do i just i think head to head all year the mountain has outplayed um the pacific um across across the board and I just, mm-hmm. I just think that, um, I think being at home just, just makes makes that difference. And especially looking at your guys' uh, road record, um, you know, you, you got to say advantage, advantage San Antonio. Mm. I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna go next. Yeah, go so ahead, Chris. Go, Chris. Uh, I'm gonna go with two one. Uh, of course you will. Why are you going before me? That's why. Two um, one who. Two two one San Diego. I think that. Oh. Yeah, I it's think like two I, one San Diego. They sound the same, but they're not. So I just think that. I think that San Antonio might get that first score, and then it's going to seem like, oh man, like how is San Diego going to going to do this thing? I think though it's going to be. It's going to be like a one-one situation. I think that the winning score, if you will, comes from PK. So I should actually correct that to one-one. But I think the game was won in pens. Uh, 
So one 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 of Amazon PKs. That. Well, then that's not a two one score. I know, right. I know. I just changed it right now. Uh, Dude, I wanted foul. to give it. <laughs> he got thrown out. I talked himself into a draw. I did. I wanted to give it more, so I'm going to say one one. And I'm gonna hey, say if you things keep talking, I'm pretty sure you're going to be going to you know San Antonio two one. Just keep going, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> nah, because I think that I think that Loyal are going to score the first, or sorry, they're going to score the second goal. But I think that San Antonio is going to get that first one. They're not going to be able to produce that next goal for whatever the reason is, and then they're just going to rely on the pens, you know. And what goal? What goalkeeper is stopping pens? Not many. I don't know. Cardona's well, the problem beard. is, would, would either one of our offenses be able to put it on frame for five shots? <laughs> I mean, San Diego's only had one penalty kick this entire season. They were the last team to get a PK, and it was like two weeks, three weeks ago. So we don't have a lot of practice in-game. I know San Antonio's like six out of seven this year. They've had quite a few because um, they have some some sneaky guys that get into that box and draw some fouls. Uh, Marissa, what is your prediction? Um... Hmm. All right. So if they go into the halftime with no score, then um, I think uh, San, San Antonio wins 2-0. But if Ooh. there's some scoring in the first half, then it might go to PKs. So. Dang, she said that all chill too. Right, I think right. that if they... With what they've been doing, sending a loyal with what they've been doing the last four matches, I think their confidence will be really low if they don't do anything in the first half. Um, because the pressure is on, they've been pretty much hobbling into the playoffs, and I don't think that that's going to be very good. Um, you're at you're not at home, you know, you don't have the home crowd to to help pick you up. And then um, if it's um, 0-0 going into the half, I believe that San Antonio crowd will help push them further into winning. So mm. hopefully there's some first half scoring. <laughs> wow, this is depressing. Um, I think there's going to be yeah, some San Diego right? crowd there, don't you, Harry? <laughs> I think there's a few I traveling. I mean, I sorry, I meant, I meant Alan on that one. There's There's probably going to be a good amount of like, loyal supporters traveling there's a few uh it's i mean it is a little bit pricey to get in there at last minute tickets but i think there's a few coming in um i am just gonna go to a straight to one san diego victory to kind of balance everything out of course he is um just to you know we have all our bases covered right san antonio winning we're going to a pk uh we're winning we might not be winning uh but <laughs> You know, I, I think, uh, Harry, you bring up some interesting points. I think if Josh Yarrow's healthy, I think it's a different story. If Josh Yarrow is still out, uh, then I do think that does change a few things and make San Diego back line a little bit, um, a little bit weaker. Uh, Josh Yarrow has been kind of, uh, I know Toomey got kind of player of the year for uh, the locals. Uh, I, um, I, w- I probably would have picked Yarrow. Um, just because, you know, after that first game, he really kind of solidified that back line and really made that back line kind of sparkle. Um, and he's just a phenomenal human being. Um, so 
I do think it's going to be a close match. I, I almost want to like take a page out of Ray's book and be like, you know, five to four, it's going to be a shootout. But I just don't think either team has that that in them uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I think if, it, you know, San Antonio was a weaker defense, I think there might be a chance. But San Antonio is a, a quality team, and uh, this is going to be a really fun one. Um, it's a very interesting first round uh, with the winner of this. So I was under the assumption that everything reset at the conference finals. I didn't realize that they were doing the bracket, the brackets, and then just the team with the highest points got to host. Oh, so uh, go into this. So uh, it looks like whoever wins this is probably going to play Phoenix unless RGV upsets. Uh, so um, this should be a fun one uh, to see who has a chance to uh, take on Chandler in that second round matchup. Um, mm. Unless you picked RGV and then you get to host RGV, which also should be fun. I do want to point out uh, one last thing is uh, the playoff send off San Diego Airport Terminal 2 Wednesday, November 3rd. Arrive between two and two fifteen. Uh, that is terminal two of the airport uh, to uh, send San Diego on their way to San Antonio. Um, there's our bracket. Um, essentially, yeah. I thought it reset, so the highest point total will get the lowest point total. But apparently, the bracket stays. It's just the hosting duties is whoever happens to have the highest point. That total doesn't make that sense, does it? Why, why it have... doesn't. It doesn't. Because it's like you can have, a, you know, let's say, for example, Oakland upsets El Paso and, you know, Colorado Springs upsets Orange County. They now play each other and, you know, San Antonio or San Diego get Phoenix. That seems a little bit weird, but I don't make the money to decide those things. So uh, that this is, is what this, it is. This is why El Paso shouldn't have thrown their game against RGV with Phoenix drawing against Tacoma. Eh. Well, did the Phoenix had to lose, so <laughs> and just El Paso was comfortable with being in that second second slot. Uh, you know, to stay away from, total. yeah, stay away from Phoenix to the end. Um, I do want to uh, thank Harry for coming in and giving us some of his knowledge. Harry, where can we find you on the interwebs? At Ram and Call. Um, I'm very shy online, as as everybody knows. So. Mm-hmm. That's R-A-M-I-N-C-O-L. If you're not following him already, uh, you probably should, or you haven't been in USL Twitter for very long. Or you Um, muted or blocked. (laughs) Also also (laughs) true. Uh, Marissa, where can we find you? She's muted. Oh, I'm muted. (laughs) Thanks. See, I'm the pro here. Um, You can find me at hashtag Marissa. At inst- on Instagram or Twitter. How about you, Alan? Where can we find you? A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. And Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, you can find me at by Chris Walker on Instagram and Twitter for the for the good grams and the, uh, <laughs> the hot tweets. Oh, okay. and the snacks. And the, the snacks. Snack on both. On both. <laughs> well, thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, you can follow us at fair underscore pod on Twitter, or you can subscribe to youtube.com slash fairweather podcast to join us live and drop your comments in. Uh, I can't wait for Friday. I'm going to be super stoked. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that's it. Good luck. Bye. Harry.
And Good bye. luck, Harry. <laughs> this and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.